welcome to the Wilds cast. I just finished an amazing conversation with Gedalia Fenster, who is a very popular speaker whose podcasts on overcoming adversity, mindfulness, teachings of Ramachan of Breslov. We spoke a lot about how we can deal with the overwhelming anxiety that so many young people and all people of all ages are experiencing, how to go from pain to purpose, how to transform experiences that are challenging in our lives, whether it's not finding our soulmates or finding our soulmate, but not being able to actually move forward with them in a healthy, constructive way. He does amazing work with people who are addicts and have all sorts of issues and problems that I think we can all learn from. Take a listen and please subscribe. Okay, welcome to the Wilds cast. We have with us, I have with me, Gedalia Fenster, uh, who I'm a big fan of, popular speaker whose podcasts on overcoming adversity, mindfulness, the teachings of Reb Nachman of Breslov. He's got tens of thousands of daily listeners. Gedalia also founded the Evolutions Treatment Center, which helps addicts recover and find their way back into society. And I've always said that if you're in a rut and you, you need a way to get inspired, uh, through positive change in your life, there are few people that I'd recommend listening to other than Gedalia. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, we're going to be dedicating our words of Torah of exchange, Le'ilu Nishmat, for the uh, for the elevation of the soul of the Yerachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia. Should be right. an elevation for his soul. Right. Um, so thank you for coming on, Gedalia. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's been a while. So. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time. I know. Um, this is great. So tell me, you know, I wrote my first book, um, Beyond an Instant, to try to help a generation of young people that are struggling to find happiness. Anxiety and unhappiness, um, depression have never been higher, particularly amongst our younger generation. Uh, there are a lot of factors, but if you had to pinpoint one contributing factor that stands out what would it be and how how do you address it i would say today um lack of taking responsibility running away from pain which is all rooted pretty much in low self-esteem um i think we've been we're we're we're, we're, we're like told to run 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 uh pretty much without the ball i feel like the whole world is running to the end zone without the ball um, just chasing one thing after another thing and after another thing. So I would say today it's just being being more, it's just there's no concept of time anymore. It's just constant needing of having and having and having and nobody's slowing down to be. Um, so I would say that's a lot, that a lot, a lot of it. Running away from responsibility, choosing what's easy versus choosing what's difficult. Um, mm. that, that's like the umbrella that I would say. Because at the end of the day, all pain leads to growth. Um, and avoiding mm -hmm. pain is what's causing the, the, the amount of suffering, et cetera, in our lives. You feel that many people going through, um, you know, periods of anxiety, unhappiness in their life have, whether subconsciously or intentionally, avoided painful experiences, avoided doing the hard work, taking responsibility. That's been your experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's like a lot of, you know, our brain is obsessed with why, uh, and we're trying to rationalize. Oh, I have anxiety because of COVID. And then now we have anxiety because of inflation. I have anxiety because of New York. I have anxiety because of this. It, really, it's because we, we, we have fear. We, we lack trust in our creator. We don't have a spiritual connection. So our mind just constantly rationalizes things and finds ways to to point the finger at something and that avoids taking responsibility. And what do you tell somebody who feels they, they have taken responsibility? They've worked hard in school, they've um, overcome whatever adversities, but they're still not feeling fulfilled. Right. So this is where we, you have to believe that life is happening for you, not to you. Uh, and you have to look at the resistance in an area of your life that could be a spiritual awakening. Um, you know, our higher self never gives up on us. So it's always looking to get us to our appropriate mission in our lives. And what we think that our per particular mission could be something else. So sometimes there's, you know, we have midlife crises. In my, for example, my, my scenario, there would be no way in the world that I would have gotten where I am today if it wasn't for midlife crises. Uh, only when I started accepting and going into the challenges and going into this. But I believe we all have midlife crises and I believe we all have uh, times where we're complete, we have to basically, you know, surrender 
Uh, it's pretty much the book that I'm wanna, I want to write. It's uh, I Surrender, the mm-hmm. magic words. Because um, I think we have a certain picture of what we think life should be. And then all of a sudden we get hit with all these challenges. I'm like, how in the world did I end up here? And we're forced to change. And we don't like that change. You know, and, and that, that, con- you know, that change is very difficult. And that's what you mean when you say that not to think life's happening to you, but for Correct. you. Meaning that for you means that this is an opportunity, even though it looks like a total disaster. You know, exactly. Something. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned midlife crisis. So in other words, someone's getting older. Um, I just put my daughter on a plane to Israel Mazel for a year tov. of seminary. Thank you so much. And it's it's like a very positive thing. But I've got three out of my four kids in Israel, and my fourth, you know, studying, and my fourth is in college already. So I'm like. How am I dealing with uh, walking by their empty bedrooms? Mm. I'm not getting personal right, or right. biographical, of course. So like, in other words, that's an opportunity. That's not just like something that happened to me that's unfortunate that my little girl isn't there in the morning when I wake up like she was for the last 18 years. Okay. That's something I'm supposed to grow from. I, I think God's going to give you some time to take a breather. So when they get into relationships, that's when you're going to need the... Uh... The time to turn it up. So you're just you're you're like on a little bit of a vacation right now. There's a time also that you, this is a vacation. It, it, this is a vacation. I'm I'm like I'm bummed out already. It, I mean I love being with my wife, but uh, you know it's gonna be a t- don't worry. Wait until they get into a relationship. Wait until they call you for every issue. Don't worry. <laughs> you're on stand right now. You're just on standby. I always said in life, you're either in a problem, you just got out of one, or you're about to go into one. So don't 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 worry. <laughs> Sit tight. Okay, that's the most depre- that's the most depressing <laughs> advice I've ever sit, been given. Sit but tight. I appreciate that. No, but it, there's always going to be something. We know that. I mean, it's, right. It's, uh, we, we, but, we, but you're saying the something the something that we want to avoid is really what's giving us the opportunity to grow, and rather than seeing it happening to us, I I'm such a nevuch, I can't believe this is happening to me. You're saying look at it as an opportunity somehow to develop yourself in a different kind of to way. To develop yourself, to grow from it, to, to, it's always your higher self creating the problem. We don't, haven't we always seen in, the, in our, whatever we've gone through, we've recognized, oh my God, the problem was actually a solution. I mean, it's, that's right. pretty, I mean, it's, right. you're laughing at it, but the, the answer is right in front of your face. Uh, it's like, almost like we, sometimes we'll, we'll look at a dollar bill and, in the in the dollar bill, it says, "In God we trust." Oh my God, the solution to making money is trusting God. It's right in front of your face. But that's funny. so many people get depressed, yeah, and so many people look at money as as self worth is my net worth, and they lose. And the, and the majority of the world is living on fear. So, not having enough, not having enough this, and yet in your face it says, "In God we trust." So it's interesting. You you're. It seems like at the very core of this approach is a belief in something greater. For sure. You know, because if you believe in something greater, you know, um, you know, I have a friend who doesn't believe at all. And he said, I'm jealous of you, Mark, because, you know, you believe, and maybe we'll get to this a little sure. later, that after this physical world, there's a spiritual world and this is not the end. But for me, this is it. So what do you say to someone who doesn't have, um, you know, people come to MJE, Manhattan Jewish Experience, from all backgrounds, right. all walks of life. And a lot of them come in here not necessarily with a very strong feeling for God or belief in something greater than themselves. And therefore, our cha- what do you tell somebody who doesn't believe necessarily in a higher power? You know, can, can you subscribe to this, that this opportunity is growing you, you know, this challenge in life, if there isn't really this higher purpose, right. this higher self? Well, I mean, just, just think about it practically. Without having believing in something, you can never give something a different meaning. You're basically stuck with whatever God, whatever life gives you. So if you, you know, you're always going to be terrified if you're living in life and you can't. You know, for example, if I can't think greater than I feel, um, then I'm basically living on survival. So you know, right. and and that's pretty much you recognize how. You know, a, a negative emotion is teaching us pretty much that we're not doing the right thing. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time to move. It's a time to change perspective. But because we think we know everything, um, we'll always give it, you know, our perspective is very, very narrow. So we'll never see anything but ourselves. So that person, if you're, I mean, one thing is if you're winning and you're happy and, you're, and you can tell, okay, I don't have a God. But usually the people tell you, I don't believe in God, are not the happiest people in the world. 
uh, at the end of the day. But, but is, the, is, the only, is the only way to help them, to get them to believe in something higher, or can they somehow learn from some of, let's say, your teachings what? without them believing my, in But my teachings higher. are eventually going to get them to break down and let go and let God. Um, it's usually what, what, what usually forms a person's consciousness is something that happened in their life and they've been stuck there. And that, 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 that basically became their consciousness. So when they look at the world, they're looking at it from the lenses of the past. And, and right. that's the problem. How do you fix a guy who's all of a sudden, let, let's say, you know, so, a prime example would be, let's say you got, somebody got a divorce and they had a horrible divorce. The emotion is anger. So anytime they're, they're holding in a lot of anger. So they're going to look at the world that anything's going to happen. They're going to say, well, that person's making me angry. That person's making me angry. That person didn't call me back. I'm angry. So the whole world is tainted by the past. This is why it's such a dangerous thing, because you can't look at the, the futures that will be tainted by the past. Yeah, yeah. And why do you think, I mean, I, I know you can't really answer this question I'm about to ask you, because it's sort of getting into God's mind, but why do you think God hardwired us to only be able to grow through pain. You know, like you see it in the gym, the only right. way you can build muscles by tearing tissue. Right. And we have the same parallel in our spiritual lives. What, why is that? Why, why couldn't we, right. <laughs> why couldn't have God made it easier for us to grow without having to go through painful experiences? I think Arya Kaplan speaks about this. Uh, basically, if you didn't have any opposition, just like for example, if we went to, if we mm -hmm. went to a, 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 let's say a soccer match, and there'd be no resistance. And nobody would go to a soccer match without a goalie. I mean, it would be you would lose purpose. You, would, you if I, I and yeah, I always a great, yeah, great metaphor. I always tell people if I took away all your problems, and I, and I, I tell this to addicts all the time. I took away all your problems and I took you to Switzerland to milk goats. You would be bored after a week because <laughs> you right. you have no purpose. Okay, so you wake up, you milk a goat, and your your problems are done. You would have no purpose. So it's actually the problems, the resistance, that's creating the, the reality. It's, it's almost like the same analogy, for example, if let's say all of a sudden you're dating somebody and they're very nice to you, you sort of get bored of the relationship. <laughs> but the, one, the, the people that are hard to get, somehow you, it keeps you alive and you keep on wanting to go after that person. Why is that? That's interesting. Why, like, why, would you, why, would you, yeah. why would you not want somebody who's super nice and wants, give, tells you everything you're great? Because at the end of the day, there's yes, no yes, craving. Yes, person. Yes. Yeah, there's no craving. There's no rush anymore. There's no excitement. And you would lose passion. You would have no purpose. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so simple and it's so true. Right. You know, it, that's, that's when, I, when I tell people that the biblical term for a soulmate is an Azer Konegdo. Opposite of you. Is a, right, someone who is an Azer, a helper, Konegdo, against you. Can, you know, it sounds like an old Jackie Mason sure, joke. Like, sure. is, are, you, are you with me or against me? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> correct. Yes, the answer is yes. Both. Um, and it's that's a but, difficult. Uh, one. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's you, we could see by marriage how much how much work we have to put on into our marriage. That's really that's. So, how do you help? Let's say, and I want to use someone who's an addict as a, I don't know, not a metaphor, but as an example of someone who wants to change, because in a sense, we're all we all are addicted to something every one of us has some kind of vice, right. even if we're not in a 12 step program to get out of it, but it could be social media and it could be um, the need for social approbation, people to pat you on the back and tell you how great you are. You know, I, I recently penned an article for the Jewish press about tshuva, spiritual return from the perspective of tikkun, mm. transforming something from our past into something, you know, I gave the example of the same gold used for the sin of the golden calf was then put into the tabernacle right. or the, or the rope that Rachav, who was this woman that saved the Jewish spies right. coming into Israel. Right. She, and she was a prostitute and, the, and she used the same rope that she used to lure the men. She used to help the Jewish spies that were taking the land of Israel. Um, is that, is, do you recommend that kind of like taking something from your past that was negative and learning how to put it on its head? Or do you go more like, the Rambam, Maimonides, seemed to be more of a total break. Change your name, change your location, mm -hmm. have a total break from the past. What, what, how do you advise people that you're um, right. you're treating for an addiction? But I, I you know, anyone who's listening is oh, is going to turn their ears off now because I don't have an addiction. I'm I'm good. But we all have some problem mm -hmm. that's plaguing us or some. Addiction. Well, there's also a form uh, of running away from self, right? 
Definitely the first what, model. What do you recommend? The first model for sure. Um, because ultimately, mm -hmm. the purpose of evil, you know, in, 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 our creator tells us that when he created the world, he created the world with too much light. And that caused a, a shriata kalim, a breaking of the vessels. And our job is really, really to bring, bring evil back to good. So it's it, from the same place of pain is going to be the purpose. You know, the person that they, the, God forbid, the person that got molested now is a counselor, uh, teaching people how to, you know, deal with trauma. So you, that's ultimately the goal, I think, in life, is to ultimately take that pain into purpose. Uh, you know, we see this all the time. Oprah Winfrey got raped, and she became Oprah Winfrey because of that. Tony Robbins, his worst day became his best day. Um, when you come to this realization that, oh, my God, it was all meant to be. It was all, the worst was supposed to be the best. What did you do? You took evil and you brought it back to good. So the same thing as, wow. as, as a craving of an addict. An addict, really, what is he doing? He's really craving, uh, he's craving godliness. So he's just channeling the energy from destructive to, uh, to, got, to optimistic and to purpose, etc. But evil ultimately has to be brought up to good. It's not a separate entity, because if it was a separate entity, there would be no purpose of a tikkun. You wouldn't have a tikkun if it didn't have. For example, the, a bad breakup in a relationship where, um, let's say you got dumped on and you lost your self-esteem. That was, is the problem. And the solution is not to say, why did I get dumped? But to say, oh my God, I found out that I had no, I was codependent. I had all kinds of fears I never dealt with. And now I did so much healing because of that breakup that I can now, that, if it wasn't for that breakup, I, can, I'll ne I would have never met my new husband by doing my proper work, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that maybe explains the Gemara, the passage in the Talmud that says that a mitzvah, uh, that if you do tshuva out of love, Double. if you repent out of love, right, you can transform your sins into merits. Exactly. Which is a crazy idea. A crazy crazy idea. idea. It doesn't make sense rationally. But you've you just explained it rationally. In other words, you're basically returning you're returning that negative, let's say, behavior, that negative activity, that sin, you're returning it to its positive spiritual source. Correct. You're redeeming it. You're redeeming it, really. You're coming, because you, cause you, By the you way, recognize that, yeah. that somebody had to, and this is the, the reason why uh, there's that famous Gemara that um, the convert came to, to Shammai and says, I want to I come back on one leg. And Hillel says, you know, what well, you don't want to do for somebody else, don't do it to you. Because somebody else had to go down to lift you up. If it wasn't for somebody else going mm -hmm. down, you would have never come up. So all, sometimes we have to fall. So I, I had to fall in many dark places in order to lift people up. And if it wasn't for those falls, I can never talk to you about gambling, about uh, uh, all the falls that I've had spiritually. I can relate to people because I've had those falls. But now those falls are now really rises because they were all meant for a positive purpose. Yeah, that you see that in the life of King David and specifically. Yeah. He had, um, he's the quintessential Balchuva because he's able to turn around. And those are much more inspiring people to us. You know, if somebody was this saintly figure from day one, they never sinned, they never did anything wrong. It's harder. It's, I think it's a little more harder for us to relate to Absolutely. and to learn from. Absolutely. You know, um, can I go back to something? You're talking about relationships. You've done a lot of work with people, helping them. So I would say that's one of the key issues that MGE participants, many of whom listening, tuning into this podcast, are struggling with. Um, we have a lot of people who who become Bali Chuva, who've come back to Judaism, uh, and have done so in their mid to late twenties, mm -hmm. and therefore by the time now they're starting to date, let's say it's a young woman who started becoming more observant in her mid to late twenties, and now she's ready to date within our community. And she's 29 years old and she's now dating guys in their, let's say, 30s um, or even 40s. You know, if she's in her 30s, how do you how do you help such an individual stay in the game? And when I say stay in the game, I mean the game of hope, mm -hmm. the game of inspiration, the game of Torah, if, if, if to call it that. Because, you know, I try oh, MG is almost like a way station for such individuals to keep them right. pumped to stay to stay the course to get married, to live a life of Torah and mitzvot, but it's hard, man. And it's, <laughs> I don't have to tell you, like the dating scene here, it's, it's rough, rough. Yeah. I mean. Because people, people, what, what, are, people any, are going to, yeah. people are going to, it's like almost, I'm going to give you an analogy. 
And again, I, I'm very real because at the end of the day, I'm not a rabbi and I have no other purpose but to get you to the goal line. But you cannot show up. It's like, imagine somebody telling me, and I get this, this question a lot. Kedali, I'm so depressed. Please set me up with somebody. Okay? Okay, now. <laughs> imagine, imagine. I'm like, would you want to go out with that girl okay, or that guy? Imagine me saying, listen, I just met a guy in bankruptcy court. Please find me a good uh, person for him, a good business partner for him. I, I would almost be like, why should I already, I'm already, right. you're going to punish yourself, not going to punish somebody else with you. Your job right. is to work on your self-esteem. You, we don't go into a relationship to take or to get, ask for somebody to complete us. We come complete, ready to give. We fill our own cup. We don't go in there with conditions. We go there with, this is who I am. I'm happy, I'm joyful, I'm here to give. But anytime that we're waiting for somebody else to make us happy, to make us, to complete us, we're pretty much putting ourselves in a condition that is not good. And at the end of the day, don't you want to marry a happy person? Of course. We, we know what it is not to marry a happy person. We know what it is when, when our spouses are not, and we get in the wrong, it, it become, they become needy, codependent. It just they create problems when they're not there. So this is why it's very, very important to work on yourself consciously. See what's wrong, see what, what are you attracting? You know, I had a girl the other day, you know, trying to set, you know, she did a consultation with me and she's like, I can't meet serious people. They're not committing. Okay, so then I'm, I'm hearing the word commitment. So I'm asking you, okay, what are you committing to? Do you do, you do this? Uh, so-so. Do you pray? So-so. Do you do this? So-so. So she's not committing and she wants the world to commit to her. So basically the world is made where you commit, when you commit below, your creator creates people to commit to you. So that's the, that was the obvious saying, message that I was getting. She's not committing. Mm -hmm. So she's getting flaky people. And, and and she's not committing. You don't just mean to relationships. She's obviously she's not committing spiritually, even committing to a workout, committing to a, uh, committing to um, anything. She's not, she's not all in. So usually, you know, I got married in 30, 40 days. I was all in, so I knew and I knew the formula, but you 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 can't expect to to be to get something. You have to be committed yourself. You have to be committed. You have to be hungry. You have to be serious. Then you will get where you where people just like you. You'll attract such exactly. other hungry, committed, serious. And I've seen this all the time. I've seen this. All, I, I'm telling you, I get I get I get all day long. I get all kinds of invitations for weddings, et cetera. With guys, it's a whole different package. I have to work on their, their sexual energy and their, you know, there's a lot of issues there. With girls, they have to work on happiness. Each one of us has a different menu. And and what, can can I ask you just about the guys, what, what you feel is a major issue or what you spend a lot right. of time working on right. in terms well, of the Well, the guys? Zohar says when, when guys spill seed, they watch porn, this can cause, it's obviously coming out of sadness. Nobody's doing this when they're happy. So they're doing this out of frustration, low self-esteem. So what happens is, is because, you know, after you do these things, it leads you to shame. So imagine you're showing up on a, on a you know, you're showing up on a date and that, and that girl senses that. She sees the shame. She sees the guy's energies off. And, and this unfortunately pushes away your soulmate. She'll despise you. Mm. So this is why the Zohar, Rabbi Nachman both said that keeping the Brits, keeping your self-control in that area will allow you to attract your wife. And when you when, when wow. you're off on that, it can push your wife away. So I, with guys, that's a heavy duty. That's a heavy duty emphasis for me. Wow. And why do you think that's coming from a lack of self esteem? Because maybe right, it's just because self control over, over energized libido. Right, you know, right. because ultimately you're getting reward. You're actually getting you're getting you have no work in that relationship. You you spend no effort to get that 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 stimulation. So what happened? Just like if I went to the gym. And I jacked up steroids. I didn't do any work. How, how happy can I be after a year of pumping my muscles and showing people when I know that was all fake? So deep down inside, you know, you didn't, you didn't work for it. So it leads you to shame inside. It leads you to heavy that's shame. The same, that's, that's the same bread of shame that you think the Ramchal famously is. Exactly. exactly. You, get, you, you, you win the lottery. You didn't do any work for it. But and, and and it fills you with this like false sense of Bingo. fulfillment. Bingo. That's interesting. Wow. And that's and the reason why you want to you want something so fast is because again low self esteem.
um, because self-control. Because you don't think. Yeah, self. Because you don't think you can do the work. You don't think you, don't you think can think do you the can. work. You don't think you're good enough. Um, you know, why would anybody go after you? So, it, it, so this is this is the problem. Because of the problem, that's causing the situation to be much worse. So when you get rejected, you're automatically thinking, oh my God, I'm rejected because I'm not a good person. I'm not rich enough. You're, you're going to make an excuse. It could be that your creator is making that person reject you. So you can see my, my, the way, Baruch Hashem, why my classes have been so popular. And, you know, what is a guy like me who never went to yeshiva, you know, showing up in Parkey Synagogue and, and filling up, uh, you know, uh, standing remotely seats and... It's because we're, we're hitting on real stuff here. We're not fluffing it up. So tell me, we're, we're hitting on real, real things. Everybody's listening to my classes. You have work to do. You have, you have to hire your consciousness. There's tremendous amount of work. The girls have to work on things. And as we we're we're, we're taking the humble approach that the problem is not outside. The problem is inside. And that 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 is that is a humble approach. That is an approach that your creator will help you. And the problem is is I'm not attracting because I'm not there yet. But that allows humility. Humility ultimately gets you everything. We, we both know that. But when you're arrogant and says, oh, the girls in New York suck, the guys in New York suck, there's no girls. Well, what kind of solutions are you going to get? It's like a guy in New York saying, there's no jobs in New York. What are you, what are you talking? There's tons of jobs. You're just, you're just, you don't really want the job. You don't want, how many people, I mean, we've, we've dealt with this uh, in, in this country for the past year and two years. We've dealt with disasters, right? No, you know, you, 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 you're, you're like, oh, my God, there's unemployment higher than ever, yet nobody's working. <laughs> Something's off here. Right. Something's off. Well, it's, I mean, I, I guess superficially, so many women, I'll say women in general, have had experiences where they make the commitment, the man isn't making the commitment back. You're suggesting that you're going to continue, you're going to continue to attract men that you're that are not committed if you're not committed to other things also the girls if you don't right the girls also have to stop sleeping with the guys and giving them what they want because you know that's Mm -hmm. another problem because once they're they're afraid if i don't sleep with the guy i'm not gonna he's not gonna commit to me they're they're thinking if i sleep with him he's gonna connect to me no he already got what he wanted he's gonna disconnect to you so it's actually the opposite you know you know you know who used to say that i used to hear rabbits and young rice of blessed memory wow she wow. she big uh, fan of her i'll never forget big this. fan of hers so Gadali, i used to go to her um i helped her develop that sheer in kj i was a rabbi in kj many years ago she had 13 1400 people coming wow. and she said the next remark i'm going to make are for my sisters in the room wow. for my daughters and sisters the men you can listen you don't have to listen i'm talking to the women and she said exactly what you just wow. said she said she said that you think He's going to leave you if you don't sleep with him. Wow. I'm, I'm, he's gonna, I, I he's have gonna, like chills gonna... right now because I'm, I'm such a big fan <laughs> she of her. Said... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she was, she said it like it was and she didn't care. You know, she was a woman, Holocaust survivor. Like she didn't care. She just, and she said that, um, wow. that the level of respect that a man will have for you mm-hmm. will come down to and stop worrying so much. I mean, I had a guy a couple of years ago from an Orthodox background, and he came to me and he said that his daughter is dating someone who said that if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to leave you. What do you think I should tell my daughter? I don't want her to stay single. So I said to him, do you want your daughter married to a guy who who creates that, that kind of gives your daughter that kind of, does she have such low respect for herself that she would submit to a man who she doesn't want to be with intimately? Because he'll walk out. Let him walk. You don't want that guy. It's actually not not only first of all, if you you can't aid and abet him because then he's going to get cooled off. Anytime, remember what cools us off spiritually to make a commitment is this area. So you know, I always said the hardest the hardest starts have the coldest ends. So you want to start hot, you got to have a cold end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep and on street, you, I keep what, on telling people this, and I, and I keep on getting the same. I said I can't help you. There's certain laws and rules that Hashem has, specifically in this area, that that affects relationships. It's from the Zohar. It's from the Rabbi Nachman. It's not my laws. I can only tell you what I see. What do you want me to tell you? What would you like me to tell you? 
So people, I've, people have gotten results. People have gotten res tremendous results if they listen. If they don't listen, then, you know, you can just go. What's going to change your life is not going to more parties or going to more events. That's not, we know that already. We're not attracting the right one. We're not attracting or we're not becoming the one instead of looking for the one. Wow. It's just, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm listening to this, I'm absorbing it because if, if you're not raised with mm. living this kind of life and you don't believe in Torah and mitzvot, which most of our Jewish brothers and sisters were not raised to believe in, right. then, you know, I guess you, you can demonstrate something empirically. Look, I had a hundred people who came to me. They didn't believe in the Torah either necessarily, but they followed this advice. Look where they are today. I guess that would be the only kind of evidence that we could demonstrate. Could do science, I could do science on this. Yeah, I mean, there could be studies. I wish I could do, I wish I had labs. I could do so many studies. I have so many people. I mean, we have 50,000 people in the WhatsApp group. I just don't have the head to do labs. And there's too much going on. Yeah. I'm trying to write a book. There's just too much. But there's so much evidence I have. I, I, the, well, you should, I, I know how busy you are, but I'm telling you, yeah. you want to put this, to, you want to put this down because you know, th there's no coincidence. And I'm not saying there isn't divorce in the Orthodox community and there aren't problems, there aren't issues, but they're so much less. less. They are so much correct. less. And, and, and um, you know, and, and on this podcast, we sometimes we talk about them, we expose those issues and that makes people feel better that, you know, we're not, we don't have like the 100% monopoly in truth, but you can't even compare the kind of life that if, if you put yourself into that world mm -hmm. but people don't know that because most people who are not living that kind of life aren't really good friends with people who are necessary right you know so i i i don't know I it's I, honestly that. it's it's rub nachman that changed my life what am i to tell you there's not there's nothing else but that i can tell you it's otherwise i would have no shot i would be just like everybody else and i have i, I, I am broken to, to see that there's that the yeshiva system and the world is not, they don't have this concept of, of, I don't know, it's not, we're not dealing with things on a conscious level. Um, I feel like we're putting, we're putting bandages on bullet wounds. <laughs> we're not going really What big. is it about Rav Nachman? What, what is it about Rav Nachman that changed your perspective on your own personal life and, and how you help the people you help? I was able to. I, I was to, able to yeah. see the light within everything. I, I was able to see the light behind everything. Uh, again, I have my. I have major. I have my own major struggles, but I could see the depthness, the chachma behind everything. Reb Nachman allow you to see the light in everything. Allow you to see even in, in, in the biggest pain in life, you could see the light, the nikkud, the tova, the good point in everything. Yeah. And that itself is is that's how the you know you have to basically you know create that spark. Even the, the darkest situations, well, you, got, you can create light. And, and if you can create light, the light will over, overcome the darkness all the time. You see, you see, you have to believe that the light is there. Exactly. See, Rav Nachman, I mean, I learned this. I have my, my oldest son is very into Rav Nachman. It changed his whole. He grew up like I did, modern Orthodox, you know, observant. But there was something about Rav Nachman's teaching. He actually wrote a song. He's a musician. He wrote a song called Nakuda Tov. That's it. About there you go. Finding there you go. It's all about that. The he says it's the most important thing in the world is Nakuda Tova. Finding the spark, finding the good point in yourself, finding the good point in other people, and finding the good point in everything that you see. And that's pretty much finding meaning in suffering. What does that mean, Nakuda Tova? Finding meaning in suffering. Finding the light within the darkness. Striking the match when you don't see anything. That's what you're that's what we're dealing with here. Focusing on there's got to be a lesson in this problem. There's got to be a light in this thing. It's not dark. It's just I'm not seeing it from the right lenses. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Tell us a little about your um, routine. Um, you've, you've got an interesting routine, I'm told. Um, we're now in the midst of this 40 days between mm -hmm. Rosh Chodesh El and Yom Kippur. I wrote this other book... Um, um, the 40 day challenge. Everyone gets to read like a little piece of Torah every day for 40 days. Beautiful. Um, you know, I heard you wake up at 4 a.m. Is this true? Yes. And you, you, you prepare for your day. Tell, take us through the routine and why you do this. 
Well, I have, I, I constantly, again, I'm very, I feel everything. Um, I'm a very conscious person. So I always, I know that most problems, they get worse when you don't deal with them in prayer. The purpose of prayer is not to get you out of trouble. Trouble gets you into prayer. <laughs> and I know at the end of the day, Rav Nachman says his bodhidut, which is talking to God, is the higher than everything. And I've seen talking, having a conversation with God for the past 10 years at a very early morning, discussing my day, talking about what I need to work on, asking God to change myself, asking for clarity, has benefited me across the board of my life. Not only that, but it, it, it's teaching me to take responsibility versus letting things get worse and worse and worse. So that ritual is what I, I study in that hour. I do my, my bodhidut in that hour. And it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a time of a lot of peace. There's a lot of inner peace. There's a lot of clarity. And then once you once you do that every single day, it's very hard to to really have very rough days. Um, you know, you, you always know that the next morning you're going to do it. So even if something's bothering you, you talk about it with your creator. Uh, and that's prayers and munah. Prayers and munah. Believe in prayers and munah. Bottom uh, line, if, uh, if you're praying, you have a munah. So. That itself, and that's how you get to know God. So prayer is getting to know God, faith is getting to know God, and, and you have to speak it out. And I believe, I have such a strong belief in, in, my, in my prayers. Uh, you know, today I have a podcast every day, that I that this prayer that I do every day, pretty much it gives me energy. It revitalizes me, it changes my perspective. Um, and often, what do we do? We end up paying counselors. You know, what do you do if you pay a therapist? So what does the therapist tell you? Find the good points in yourself. So instead of paying the three hundred dollars an hour, four hundred dollars an hour, you could do it with your creator for free. <laughs> and what if you don't? I, I keep going back to this because I want this relevant to a lot of my students who may not have this belief. They may not believe or have that emunah. Can you use prayer to develop that emunah? Sure. Let's say you don't have it. Sure. I mean, because a lot of people say, well, I don't pray because I don't believe. And if I'm, so I said, exactly. Yeah. I've said that to people, but so maybe that's why you should pray. So, you know, so but, what do you want to rely on? What yeah. do you want to rely on? Biden, Fauci, like what in the world are you comfortable with relying on? The government, what, what can you trust in? You don't believe. So what do you believe in? What do you believe in? I mean, at the end of the day, what are you left mm -hmm. with? I mean, that's the whole point here. It didn't tell you enough to show you that you don't trust that you want to trust in man. Okay, don't trust in God. You want to trust in man? <laughs> They'll say I trust in myself. I trust okay. in my own rational abilities right. to, you know, whatever makes sense to me. I I'm playing right. devil's advocate, so, uh, but that's so that's where that you'll see the majority of people they they're frustrated because once you're stuck, remember there's a Gemara that says everybody's presumed to be blind until God opens up his mind. So you will be in areas that we are so, so postal, and we're confused. We think having money is success. You can have a lot of money, but be completely depressed. It's not money. We're, our definition is money means success. It's okay, so I have money, I have this, I have this. But it doesn't mean you're happy. It doesn't mean you have, a, you have fulfillment in your life. You're just, that doesn't mean everything. So, no, you know. no. and I, people, people realize it, but I think we've been brainwashed a little to rely on what makes sense to me. And in other words, like listening to you right now, I'm sure makes a lot of sense to people. But if the Torah, let's say, prescribes a certain mitzvah, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm supposed to mm -hmm. uh, make sure that my wool suit doesn't have any right, linen right. In, the, in the lapel there. So I got to pay 20 bucks to a guy to check it out. What, what kind of nonsense is that? I have to, I like this food. I like that food. I'll eat food, which is healthy because that mm -hmm. makes rational mm -hmm. sense. But this food over here, just because the Torah says I shouldn't eat it, this ancient document, right. what, what would you, I, I know you're not a rabbi. I know you're not in the, in the business of like, you know, my, my business, sure. I guess, so to speak. Um, what do you tell such an individual that has become so reliant, not on Biden or Fauci, but on their own minds? Mm -hmm. I'll believe in Biden when he makes sense. I'll believe Fauci when he makes sense, you know? Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to just hang up my own logical, rational faculties in favor of some, sure ancient book called the Torah. Right. Well, a lot of, you, you'll see this a lot with earth signs, like Tauruses, Virgos, and, and Capricorns. They're very controlling. They don't like to lose control mm -hmm. in general. They're very logical people. And I, I, I get the questions. I need to see it to believe it uh, concepts. Right. And, but that could lead them to a very stuck life. 
because if you, I don't know, anybody's married, is there anything logical, logical about marriage? I mean, if you, if there's one place where you need to surrender, that's marriage. Is there any logical, do you have, do you have any logic, right? One day you, everything's going great. The next day things are like, what, what the world happened? There's no logic there. Right. So, right. and as you see, the more in life you recognize it's your, it's, it's, we have to go the, and our rational brain sometimes is the problem because we, we are very controlling and it's only out of fear. That's the problem. If you didn't have so much fear, you would be more um, open-minded you'd be more curious to grow, even if you didn't like it or not, but you would just be at least curious to get the information and you like it or not. Like today, you see this today. You see people that they don't like what you're saying. Oh, you're racist, you're this, you're that. You can't even talk to them. There's not even a conversation. It's not even about, if you had, before you can have a conversation with somebody. What do you think about this? Now, I don't like what I hear. You're a racist. You know, it doesn't work. It's like, it's so horrible today. You can't, even, you can't even have a conversation with people because their perspective is so narrow that, and they think they're so smart. And we already know, our sages tell us that the, the, the epic, that means the, the more you know in life, the more you recognize you didn't know anything. Hmm. So... So there you go. So if you're not willing to have an open so mind, it's, it's, yeah, it's humility. It's humility. Without humility, without humility, you, the light never comes into you. You're so busy worrying about yeah. the light. Oh my God, it's going to change. It's going to this. And and this is the problem about the spies. Well, what the spies wanted to control, they were comfortable. And what did they say? We don't want to go to Israel. We don't want. We feel like grasshoppers in their eyes. They were really fearful that they were of change. So really, what, what's really happening is you're really fearful that. Of, of con- losing control. And this is why you're not letting the light in. Um, and this is why we have to be open-minded. You know, if you, even if you hear somebody speaking, and okay, it's a good point. Doesn't mean it's not the right point. You don't reject everything. You just elevate it. Ruff Cook was very into not rejecting what people say, just elevating it, right? Ruff Cook was very open-minded, even to the secular people to this. He was a very open-minded. So for example, Shabbat, you're okay. right. Before I got into learning, keeping Shabbat, I'm like, what, what the heck is this? You have to do this. You can't do this. Separate the fish from the this. It became so, such a, you know, like 39 malachot. It became, uh, the concept became like, what, you're going to have a lighting every time you separate this so you didn't wash the lettuce. Mm-hmm. So, but I rec- when I started learning Reb Nachman, the reason why we have to is because Shabbat is a day where the light comes down to you. All you have to do is receive it. But if you go there and start working, you can't receive that light because the whole purpose of Shabbat is just be, receive. But the more you get involved in malacha, in laws and, 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 and creating work, you're screwing up your own blessing. So that gave me another angle. Yeah. Oh, my God, I have to stay out of the way and just receive and just be in that day. Wow. So that, wow. That's, that's a simple wow. concept of Shabbat of just receiving instead of doing, doing, doing. And this is why when we say Kiddush on, on, on Friday night, we're saying, God, you took us out of slavery. What is slavery? Needing always a phone, needing this, needing this, not being able to be in the moment. So really, just being present. Just being present. So it's really just about being present. On right. Shabbat. So if we said, oh, let's do a digital, yeah. uh, a digital conscious day, people would be, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. But, but because we've had... <laughs> we've had rough experiences when we were younger. You know, we've had rough experiences. We've had situations in synagogues. We've had bad cases of food poisoning where people have shoved religion down our face and we're burnt out. <laughs> so this is where you almost have to step back. And this is what Rabbi Nachman says, first be happy, then be religious. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Be religious. Religion will lead you to happiness. No, no, no. First be happy, be on a higher conscience, then be religious. Well, that will enable you. I think what he was teaching there is that you can't really, you know, it's like love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't Correct. really love other people. Exactly. And I don't think you can really be a religious personality if you are not happy. Now, I think it, it, we're living in a weird time because we were talking about happiness before, but I think being more observant is a recipe for happiness. I've always said this, that, you know, um, Happiness is not one of those things you can run after. What you can run after is, is meaning and purpose. Right. And a byproduct of happiness. a life of meaning and purpose is it can bring happiness. Correct. But, you know, we're all looking for those little, 
I don't know, spurts of joy that are going to just fill our lives with happiness. And I always say that's pleasure. That's not happiness. Mm -hmm. Pleasure is, um, it, it's, it's a wonderful feeling, but it's, it's fleeting. Right. And it's not going to stay with you. And it's going to be based on circumstantial highs Correct. and lows. And it, you can't, yeah, you can't live like that. Everyone's looking for is no, no. And, and, and you know, you, you, and so, you'll see a lot of girls, you know, you'll see, Hey, try to keep Shabbat, try to do this, try to do this. No, not for me. But don't you want a guy that's present? Don't you want, you're asking for presence. You're asking for stability. You're asking for family time. And what you're really asking is going to, Shabbat's going to give it to you. And what you're, what you're running away from is actually what, what could actually help you. But the language I think today has to change. But this is why I'm so happy. I, I'm very happy that I'm able to get so, so many different people in my podcast, whether Jews, non-Jews. And when you go to an event of mine, you'll see people from all Hasidim, non-religious, religious, etc. It's spiritual people that they know that little by little they're making their changes. They stop judging others. They're working on themselves, and you and you just see. I, I I'm so you know it's just such a nice thing to be part of. Wow, well, it's incredibly important because this is a generation crying out yeah. for that kind of. And, and I think also, even within the Orthodox observant, already observant community, if you will, um, this approach has not been mm -hmm. well articulated. So you could have lots of people keeping Torah and mitzvot, but not necessarily finding that Nakuda Tova and finding, you know, how going through this painful process can be, you know, is necessary to get to the next stage of your life. Right. Uh, you could be keeping Shabbos and not being present. We all, you know, that, that could be. Uh, even if you don't do the malachot, even if you don't do the, you know, right. um, but I always say that at least if you're in, if you're doing those activities, the likelihood of getting to that perfected place is much greater. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then, then if, then if, but to really do it, you know, to really in, do it and find the, like the light and everything, and and to see the light and everything, and 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 to be excited about everything, and you have to say something. Your energy gives you back. Whatever you put energy in, you get energy back. The more we put light into something, the more we put light back. So this is why there's such an emphasis on kavana and having intention. Um, you know, for example, and you also have to change your relationship with the meaning of things. For example, if you think prayer is a chore, then you're going to put very low effort. Just like if you think working out is a chore, you're going to not be so enthusiastic to do it. But if you think prayer is an energy, it gives you energy. So I associate prayer as energy. I associate working out as energy. I don't associate working out as I'm going to be tired. I associate it as that's going to give me energy. I'm going to release tension. Mm. Prayer also, I'm going to release tension. I'm going to let go of things. And that's automatically going to give me energy. That's wonderful. That's great. We need to rebrand. Yeah, we need to rebrand everything. Could, I mean... I agree with you. Listen, if it was, we need a rebrand. It's up to me. I would have music in synagogues. I would have. I would. I would just change it all up. I would change everything. Everything, especially today. I would change it, and you would. People would have such a heightened experience, and I would change everything. That's why my personal prayer. I put music on. I mean, when I when I pray my hisbod to do, there's no way on an energetic level I can do that if I have a siddur in my face. There's no way. I would say not even twenty percent of the energy I get when I pray this bodhidut than I do in a with the siddur itself. Well, I think there are two. I think you're trying to achieve two different things. In other words, the hit bodhidut. There's no question that you are the med my my son does a lot of meditation, but he also he separates that a little from tefillah, right. from going to minyan, going to shul. I do both. I but pray both nets. Really, really I important. pray nets. I, I I pray nets every morning. But I'm trying to oh, explain wow. to you. I pray nets. I've been praying. At sunrise every morning, I go to shul, etc. I do all that, wow. but I'm just trying to explain to you. And I do that at net at a prime time. I also, it's a wonderful experience. But if I can tell you what I've gotten to on personal prayer, I can't tell. And I do all that. I do the I pray nets every morning. It, it's it's not, I can't compare it where with with my own tefillah with 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 my music and 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 I, I and release. That's why his Ram Nachman said. His bodhidut is greater than everything. Explain that to everyone who's listening. Bodhidut is per, it's a personal it. conversation with you and your creator. Talk if, with, where you express gratitude, where you tell him what's going on in your life, where you, where you pray for him to give you awareness. 
I have many classes on this on my podcast. You, you're basically having a relationship, a constant relationship with him. And that is really where I've seen the most gains. Like I told you before, it, it, would be, it makes no sense for a guy like me to be teaching classes almost every day and running a business and having four kids and, um, you know, and running another business and being able to manage it all and still be happy and, and have this energy. It's not possible. If I didn't have a form of releasing negative energy and, and, and feeling like, you know, like I'm on top of the world, not all the time, but you do feel this, right. this right. tremendous amount of rush of spiritual energy that an addict gets, but the difference is I work for it. They get the same thing, but they get, they crash afterwards. <laughs> I get it, but I work for it. I woke up early. I and pray for it. You. And that builds you. Right. And that builds you. That builds you. Tremendously. Dalia, this has been wonderful. How, if people want to hear more from you, let's say about Hidbodadut, about um, the work you're doing, that how you help people with addictions, What's the best way for them? Right, they can go. They can go. They can uh, honestly. My podcast on Spotify. uh, We're on Spotify under Gadal Fenster. Uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I put quotes every day. I do mini videos on Instagram. Uh, Again, under Gadal Fenster. G E D A L E. Last name is Fenster. Um, My website: www.gadal.com. YouTube. There's plenty of places. Awesome. Plenty of places. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Well, Hashem should bless you amen, with amen. continued success because the work you're doing, the Torah you're teaching, um, is just, it's transformative. It's important for, and it's a very, I would love, you know, we've tried working this out. It would be a real honor for us to have you come in person. You let us know when you're in New York. It would be, uh, I'm sure you'd pack the house. We're trying to, we, we're, you have, we're, tr- we're trying to do another class, God willing, with Rabbi Rush. And either Lincoln Center or uh, Carnegie Hall. Oh, so that would be uh, wow. That would that's the next uh, with Rav, Rav, possibly Rav 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 wrote the books. Yeah, wow. we uh, wow. we can't fit Parkies. We can't. We 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 sold out a week before, so Parkies is no, it's too small now. Which I would have never in a million years think. Oh my God, we have right. a Torah class in Parkey Synagogue with no seats. Uh, it, it's just it's mind blowing how. But I think we're onto something, and I'm very happy about the progress that people are getting, and I'm very happy that it's increasing. And and just just a, there's a tremendous love in the community itself. There's been a community. It's actually a community that's been created. It's uh, it's beyond my imagination of how much growth. And God willing, next will come the book and whatever I need to go on. You should go, Mechayel from strength to strength, Amen. and uh, we should be we should be Zocha to host you in person. Amen. This Amen. is good, but it could get better. Amen. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.